0: The 15th verse, 14th chapter of John. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. said it again. And he who loves me will be loved by the Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Go down to the 23rd verse. Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he says again, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. got to stop myself or I'll keep on going all right. and that would be fine wouldn't it yeah what better sermon than just to read the word oh, man. he told Paul told Timothy just make sure you read that word publicly but Jesus says obey my command he he ties Love, our love for him, together with obedience to his word. Sometimes this verse is misinterpreted, however. It it says that keeping God's commands will produce a love for God. That's backwards. What Jesus is saying is just the opposite. Loving God will produce keeping his commandments. As we grow in the truth of his word. Look over to, compelled to lead to 1st John. All the Johns today. 1st John, in the back, 3rd chapter, starting at the 1st verse. See what kind of love the Father has given to us the correlation, as we hope, as we trust, as we put our faith in Jesus and His finished work, and we grow in love, I guarantee you these things are simultaneous. As we grow in Him and have this hope in Him, the natural response and desire of a believer is just to purify himself and 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 to be as His Savior is. It's because it's who you are now. Your nature's been changed. You might just have been an old pig that used to like to wallow in the mud, but now you're not. Now you're a son of God, and it seems ridiculous that those pigs would go wallow in that mud to you. Because that's not who you are anymore. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Friend of the world, enemy of God. James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, head of the church in Jerusalem in the early days before he was martyred. James 4.4, 4, he says, you adulterous people. What does he mean? That everybody is cheating on their spouse? He's talking spiritually. Our marriage to Jesus Christ. He's jealous for you, by the way. James says, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Makes himself. James one twenty seven. Pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this: to care for orphans and widows in their distress. We hear that all the time. The last part of the verse sometimes we leave off, and to keep oneself free from being polluted by the world. This is not our home. First John two fifteen. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Ouch. To blend with the world as a Christian, as the light that has been left here to shine in the darkness, to blend in with the world and to to hide that light under a bushel, as it were, it kills your witness. It kills your witness. It's not who you are anymore. It, it defies your new nature. And it opens the door for the devil. Access into your life. And it's never you alone. It's always all those around you. Those who love you. Family and friends. Slave to sin or slave to righteousness. Romans 6 Verses 15 through 17 says, What then, Paul, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? This is what Jude was blasting the church in the early days for. These people who use the grace of God as a license to sin. By no means, Paul said. Do you not know that when you offer yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, leading to death, the devil, or to obedience leading to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you once were slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were committed. Listen, the grace of God provides freedom from the sin of the world, not access to it. Amen. Praise God, preacher. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Freedom from sin. Not to sin. Nobody who truly understands the gospel of grace will just feel free to go live in sin. Nobody. They'll they'll feel free from it. Empowered to overcome it. That's how I knew that night, that last thing that hindered me, that hung so tightly to me. Young little preacher, I was able to preach at Thursdays at lunchtime. (laughs) Preaching my heart out about Abraham and Isaac. And I heard that pill bottle rattling around in my pocket. And that night I set it on the nightstand and said, Lord, either take me home or free me. Your word says, your word says, your grace gives me the power. The victory is mine in Christ. You paid to make me strong in you. Before daylight, thought I was going to die, fell asleep sometime right before the sun came up. When I woke up, I was free. You could put anything in the world in front of me. I'm like Jesus, I could go to the worst places in the world and minister and never get dirty anymore because of the grace of God working in Titus two, eleven and twelve said, For the, the grace of God has appeared to all men that brings salvation. It's available to all men. Teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self righteous, self not self righteous. <laughs> Teaching us to overcome self righteousness, to live self controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. This present evil age. How many of you know this is a present evil age? How do you know? How many of you know Jesus died for all those evil folks? Our battle's not against flesh and blood, it's the devil and his demons make people act the way they do. They need your light, they need your love. I was in. I was in Walmart line this morning (laughs) trying to find a pump to air up our baptismal (laughs) early this morning. Girl named Angel checking me out. I said, oh, I love your name. I said, you know, Jesus loves you so much. (laughs) Yeah, right. I said, he does. Oh, he does. So much. Okay. Okay. I said, you know. I said he's gonna he's gonna start. He's gonna show you. He, you. You just start listening. He's gonna show you. It's gonna start right now. I already see miracles. She said, I believe it. I said, Jesus loves you. He wants you to know he's the one responsible for those miracles in your life, and he loves you. He's gonna begin showing you in ways that only you you're gonna. Oh. She said, okay. <laughs> I guarantee it. I don't have to ever see her again. I know what she's going through today. And I'm just so glad that the Lord led me through that journey with her. Kick it off. I do that every day. So much fun. And so true. And who better to back you up? He is so faithful. He's just waiting for you to get something going. One of the hardest things in the Christian life is obedience. The flesh likes to rebel. We don't want to be told anything. We know it all. We know it all. Mark Twain said, man, when I was 14, my dad was so dumb. It's amazing how much he learned in four years when I was 18. We always think the note think we know what's best. And besides, who else should dictate what I do with my life? Just a few examples I looked at in the Bible. I'm gonna make this brief today. First Samuel 15, chapter, the twenty second verse. Samuel said, I love Samuel. Oh don't get me started, Lord. Samuel responded, God called his name five times grace. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. First Samuel fifteen twenty two. He was talking to Saul who had been anointed. He was king. This is such a profound truth. Obedience is much more important to the Lord than repentance and sacrifice once we messed up. (laughs) This is is where Saul had gone out, defeated some enemies, and remember when I was talking about a couple weeks ago, the, the cutting off the head of our enemies like David did Goliath? Make sure they're all dead and completely dead and gone from your life. Don't stop until you know. Well, that was the rule back then. God told Saul, don't let anything live. Kill all the cattle, every every one of your enemies, everything. But Saul started reasoning with his mind. He didn't kill the cattle. He decided... He would just save some, and and he was gonna. He said, I'm, "I was gonna sacrifice them to to you, God." <laughs> so he told Samuel. And see, he wasn't supposed to do any sacrifice in any way. He was the king, but not the priest. Now you're a king and a priest. But but Saul thought he would do it his way. He got tired of waiting on Samuel the prophet to come, and he just. He started doing things what he thought best. He was the king. He lost his throne over that. He lost his throne. He decided to take matters in his own hands. Instead of destroying the cattle of the land, he had the brilliant idea of sacrificing them for God. And I don't think it was really God. I think, you know, there was... I've read there was a practice back then of when they would go out to war and stuff like that. They would, they would keep a lot of the animals and stuff to use those for sacrifices so their herds would not be depleted. <laughs> Selfish. You see? Big sin. They love themselves and their possessions more than God. David, on the other hand, who was next in line, he was a man after God's own heart when the prophet came and told him this story about what this evil man had done David said he ought to be killed I'm going to kill him and he said it's you (laughs) you did that when he took Bathsheba David got down off his throne and repented before God and he said he would never offer anything to God that didn't cost him anything big difference obedience. In the book of Acts, remember when Peter and them kept getting in trouble for preaching the name of Jesus and those religious leaders of the day told them, don't preach in that name anymore. They beat them. Peter said, we must obey God rather than man. (laughs) We must obey God. Peter and those guys, it's not the same Peter that denied Jesus in, <laughs> on that last fateful night. By the way, this is the empowered, born-again Peter who walked in such authority and victory and the Holy Ghost that, that people would just lay, lay people along the street where he would be walking so that his shadow might cross over them and heal them. This man was anointed. In those early days of the church, these preachers who walked in such power, they could have allowed people to serve them, to worship them, to build them up in the flesh. Other times they could have just agreed, okay, well, we just, listen, uh, church, we just won't talk about Jesus too loud around these so we don't get beat anymore, please. They didn't do that. We have to obey God, it's much better. Than to obey men. And, matter of fact, when they would get beat and they would leave and go back to the church, they, they, they were sporting those wounds. Hey, look at that. God counted me worthy to suffer for his name's sake. That's powerful, man. Joshua 22 5 Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. To love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Joshua 22.5 God specifically commanded this of Joshua and all the leaders and all the Israelites as a whole. If they had listened and obeyed, things would have gone very well for them actually. Unfortunately, they rebelled, they forgot about God and His goodness, His deliverance, His power and His love, which led to many misfortunes later on. Although the whole book of Joshua just shows all these conquests and victories, you go on to the book of Judges and uh, you'll see how far they fell. It doesn't always show up right away. this lack of obedience, the the penalty, you see. Hebrews 11, a great faith chapter. The Lord talking about Noah. He said, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, and reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. One man believed God and it condemned everybody else. You say, yeah, well, you know. Noah got picked. (laughs) Listen, it had never rained before. It never had rained before, ever. The water came from the ground. He built this boat on dry land. It took him about 120 years. He was an old, old man when he started building it. He trusted God. He believed what God said, and he acted upon it. You see, all this start collecting all these animals. <laughs> I mean, if it you could buy, hang on for a couple of weeks or a month or two, you know, and then and, and put up with all the criticism and the persecution. But no, 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 many, many decades he went through this. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. How crazy can you be? Man, I want to be crazy like that. I just want to be so crazy that if God said it, that settles it. I'm not going to allow anything else in my life. Oh, Lord, help us get that. Help us to agree with you, Lord. Jesus said, on the other hand, in Matthew 7:21. not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, if they're saying, Lord, Lord, didn't they believe in Him. He says, just believe on the Lord Jesus. You and your whole house are going to be saved. These people believe. Lord, Lord. <laughs> Matter of fact, they have done a lot more than most of us. Not everyone who says, Lord, but, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. These people said, but Lord, we we preached in your name in the street. We, we healed people. We did miracles in your name. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. You who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. Never knew you. They never, ever, ever, all these Religious acts and works and faithfulness in their church and all these other things. They had never done the one thing. They had never truly yielded their lives to Jesus. They had incorporated him into theirs. I never knew you. This passage should teach us to examine our lives, our motives, very carefully. God showed me motives was one of the first main doctrines he taught me. He taught me that from Balaam. When he told Balaam to go with those men, and then he got mad at him when he went. I said, Lord, that's weird. I know you're not fickle and schizo. He said, said, man looks on the outer appearance, I look on the heart. It was his heart that was dirty. Balaam had deceived ideas in his mind of how to do both. Get the money and do what God said, and it wasn't going to work wasn't going to work. That angel was fixing to kill him. That donkey saved his life. (laughs) A lot of people out there looks like they're serving the Lord. They might be serving themselves. Perhaps it's monetary gain. Perhaps it's notoriety. Perhaps they just... I heard a preacher preach a message one time. Some people just like church. They realize... It's better you know, better way of life, whatever. Some kind of void it's filling in their life or something, but they never really yielded that life to Jesus. Those people Jesus says might seem to serve him, but they're really they're really not. It's those people who Jesus are gonna to tell to depart from him on that day. I never knew you. We need to search our hearts, we need to to make sure that. That it's Him living through us and not just us allowing Him into parts of our lives. The Christian life is supernatural life. Supernatural life. You can't can't do it without the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you now. You can't. You're going to try to live for God and you'll fail. The Christian life is not about you living for Jesus. It's about Him living through you. Yes. There's a huge difference. One will drive you crazy and work you to death yes. and may, and leave you feeling convicted and condemned. Yes. The other is freedom. Yes. Just I'm tired Lord. I'm, sure. I'm tired. You, you do it. I don't want to do this anymore. You do it. You take this life and you, you live through me. I don't want the burden. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to make the decisions anymore. You do it, Lord. I know that's what you wanted all along. And here, take it. Do it. You're going to have to teach me. I was I've been so headstrong for so long. I've done it my way. You're going to have to just teach me all over again. I'm going to start fresh today. I'm going to conose. I'm going to just pour out everything I think I know. And I'm just going to allow you through your word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And whatever leadership you put into my life. I'm just going to submit. Obedience is always going to be difficult as long as we're in the flesh living for ourselves, our lives, instead of dying to self, picking up our cross daily, agreeing with God in all matters concerning us. You should be obedient to your boss. You should be obedient to your parents, to your pastor, but definitely to God. To God in all things. Our flesh says to do what we feel or what we think is right. And let me tell you, Ungodly emotions are taking people to hell every day. We can't live for ourselves and expect a well-done, good and faithful servant on that faithful day. There is hell to pay. Just like the Israelites. When something doesn't make sense or it's too difficult to comprehend, we just immediately put it away as something we shouldn't do or shouldn't have to do or look around and we start judging our lives based on everyone else. And well, God must be grading on a curve. I'm doing better than this and that and all the Christians I know. So, surely I'm okay. You don't want to be the best hypocrite in hell. Doesn't matter. Jesus says, those who love me will obey me. He called to a life of faith, and he's the example. You know, it doesn't say if you obey me, then I'll I'll love you. It, it, it says loving him will result in obedience to him. You see, it's a big difference. He showed us perfect love toward us and for us. And the prayer of the Ephesians was for us to know some things that we already have in him. And how wide and how far and how great is the the love that he has for us. And, And the power that he has working in us and for us. The same power that raised Christ from dead lives inside of you. And you can draw on that power to overcome any device in your life. Any stronghold. Any lie of the devil. True saving faith will always be accompanied by corresponding actions. That's what James talked about. True faith will be based upon our love for Jesus. It's going to manifest itself in obedience to his word, his teachings, his ways, his will. He said, my command is to love others as I have loved you. He is the example of self-sacrificing love toward us. We love because he first loved us, you see. That's the new motivation for the new covenant. That's why I preach to the new man. I don't preach to the flesh most of the time. I'm preaching to the new man to let you know who you are in Christ and what you have. I preach to the sheep and I'm just let the, let the goat starve. Look at your relationships. Look at your relationships. Is everything you do for the good of that person? Is it God's best for that person that you offer in their life? Jesus said, if you, if you, if you're going against my way and my will and my word and you're teaching others to do the same, still tie that millstone around your neck and jump in the lake, you'd be better off. Listen, he wouldn't have come down here and wrap himself up in one of these. Just to be one of the ways. Just to say, well, I got some guidelines for you. Hopefully you'll follow a little bit. You know, it's better for you if you do. Come on now. Can you see why the Father would be so offended for those who tread on the blood of Jesus and make a mockery out of the grace of God? The grace of God is the provision of God. Release your faith toward all that He's provided for you today. Healing for your bodies. Forgiveness for your sins. Power to overcome every obstacle, every sin that besets you. Be free. The freedom in God is freedom from the things of the world. Is there anything in this world, if it was removed, would throw you off course so badly that you couldn't handle it? That's an idol. That's an idol. It could be a person. It could be a job, a bank account, a mirror. (laughs) He loves you. He wants you to be free free. Keep your life simple. Don't get entangled with a bunch of nonsense that's not of God and try to justify it and balance it and all that. It's crazy and it'll make you tired. He wants you to have peace. That was his gift to us. John 14, 27 on that last night, he said he gave us a personal gift. My peace I give to you. Peace I leave to you, Not as the world gives. Do I give to you. <laughs> Sad he had to say that. In other words. You're not going to take it back. But our part is not let our hearts. Be troubled or afraid. Be free. Just be free. Speaking of. Obedience. And we're going to. Be obedient today. How many of you getting baptized today? Anybody? (laughs) Matthew 28, the 19th and 20th verse, Jesus said, Jesus said, Therefore, his instructions to us, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Not converts. Mm -hmm. Not how many did you get to say the prayer? How many did you dunk this week? Go make disciples. Learners. Imitators of Christ baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always. There's the comfort and the help to the very end of the age. Praise God. So we're going to do that outside for all those who decided they need to be baptized. I was baptized twice before uh, it took. (laughs) What I mean by that is I had never yielded my life to Jesus. It's like a baby being baptized. That's not baptism. They need to wait until they can decide on their own. You can dedicate them like we did. But I I was still living for myself. One time I was drunk. The other time it was just a religious act for you know doing everything else I needed to do to climb that ladder I was on, you know. Anyway, when I really got born again, I knew who I knew all those years as a Christian I was dead. And if I'd have died, I'd have gone to hell. That's a fact, folks. That is a fact. And I would sit on a bar stool and talk to people about Jesus all night. In the bar I owned. <laughs> Might do some cocaine that night. Drive my motorcycle up on the dance floor and spin out. I was a hypocrite, a liar. And I was deceived and deceiving others. And I would have gone to hell if I had died. I love you. Jesus loves you. This is for you, for our good, you see. He wants you to slam all the doors that you've opened for the devil in your life so that you're free and protected by him, you see. When you give legal right for the enemy to come in, Jesus has to... I'm waiting for you to empower me to work in your life, you see. You've given your enemy a right. You're slaves to sin. So, you're his in that part of your life, at least. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love, for your word, for your truth, for your grace, your mercy, your peace, your leading and guiding. Thank you, Lord, that you will never stop trying to reach us as long as our hearts are sensitive toward you. There's hope. And as our hope is in you, Lord, we will continue to purify ourselves even as you are pure and walk with you in agreement with you fellowship with you, knowing you and being known by you Lord let no one here or whoever hears this word be one of those you say depart from me because you never knew them help us to know you Lord show us the error of our ways anything lacking in us help us, show us lead us and guide us and teach us we love you Lord and we thank you we desire to be obedient to you today And we thank you that you are faithful and loving and merciful. In Jesus' name, amen.